Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, um, listeners. You have reached the voices of the Cannabis Moors uh, News right from the front lines, where Mindy Griffiths and Kristen Floor, that's me, we get together every Sunday morning to present to you the knowledge of what's going on in this world that you will not be able to hear on TV. Um, basically, our cannabis is underneath the carpet, and people don't know that there's over at least 50 people serving life sentences. People don't realize that the federal government is still sending people to prison off of their Schedule One drug and actually killing people in prison. Rest in peace, Richard Giles Floor, my father. Um, Nobody deserves to die or go to jail for a plant. And that is exactly why we're here. We do not get paid for this. In fact, we're really excited that this is um, the first time that this uh, radio network um, is on our is our own network now. Um, it no longer belongs to CCHI. It's now the Voices of the Cannabis War. So if you would like to help sponsor this radio show, please let us know. Or if you have a voice and you want your voice to be heard and you you are interested in radio and it relates, you want to do a show relating to the end of prohibition, like if you know, um, if you know, oh, I'm sorry, I, I just got a message from Mindy that said that my phone is breaking up a little bit. So um, if you can't hear me, I apologize. So I'm going to talk a little bit slower. But if you would like to host a show, if you are a XPOW or you know, you have a voice and you, or not even that, a defendant, or you just you just think that you can help bring attention to what's going on in the front lines and be a voice for those that can't, let us know. We, we would love to have you on our network. Um, so uh, today's show is a really cool show because we've got lined up for you a really cool guest. Dolores Montgomery Hablin is going to talk to us about a project that she started um, called Sue the DOJ, and you know what I like. You know I like to hear that because you know they do a lot of wrong in this world. And you know she started apparently this group or this this project because everybody kept telling her that she couldn't sue them. Well, she found out how. And um, if you believe that prohibition results in the injury or death caused by the federal government, which is why I'm so interested in this topic because <laughs> killed my dad. But um, if you are, if you, if prohibition um, injured you or, or caused a death, you can listen to this show and find out exactly how you can sue the DOJ. Okay, then after we're done talking to her, at about 9.30, we are expecting a phone call from federal inmate Craig Cecil. Craig Cecil is working on his 15th year of his life for cannabis. Um, so he risks going on lockdown every single week to call into our show in order to get his voice heard. So we're going to find out what's going on in the front lines from prison. And then at 945, we're going to talk to George Monterano, who spent 33 years of a life sentence in prison. He's going to join us for his regular segment called Georgie's Corner. George was the best friend of uh, Eugene Fisher, who served 25 years of a life sentence in prison for cannabis. And uh, Eugene was the former host of the show who just recently passed away. And helped us find the find the group now. Um, so we're going to talk to George, and then after George, we're going to talk to Randy Lanier, who is actually Eugene Fisher's business partner, who spent 27 years of a life sentence in cannabis in, in prison for cannabis, and he was released in the last year or so. And he's just going to give us an update on how his life has been since Eugene's passed. We haven't heard from him on the show, and um, what he's been up to. He was working on a 
on a TV show, a reality show, So, and he's also a race car driver. So we're going to find out what's going on with him. And then after that, we're going to talk to an extra special guest by the name of Stephanie Landa, who has a group called Freedom Grow, where you can uh, put commissary money on prisoners' books, which we're going to urge you to do that all throughout the show. And then we're going to talk to Amber Taylor, whose father is serving life in prison for a joint. Yes, a joint. And then Tom Corby with the Northern California News Update. So the show is going to be really cool. But first, we have to introduce you guys to the other host of the show, Mindy Griffiths, who is a prison outreach specialist. And she was uh, she's also the producer and host of the show. Good morning, Mindy. Good morning, Kristen. <laughs> I get to see you this week, the week from now. Yes, this weekend we're going to be doing our headstock. I can't wait. Um, I've been <laughs> sitting in Portland for approximately two weeks waiting for this event, so I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> um, and we have lots planned at our booth. And I'm really hoping, I haven't really talked to you about this, Kristen, but I really want to get um, some addresses to some of our um, POWs on, um, you know, printed out so that we can make sure and get some people some more letters. Um, I personally haven't been able well, to write as many cool. letters as I used oh. to. With so anyway, I'm just thinking that we need to we need to help our prisoners get some more uh, contact with the outside world. Well, you know what I was thinking, um, Sherry Sicard, she has um, a, on her website, um, what's it called, Marijuana's Lifer Project, and she has some Marijuana prisoners who are project. serving life. What? Yeah, I was, yes, well, that's she, it. She has some prisoners that are serving life sentences, and their birthdays are this month, so maybe I can get my mom to get some cards together, and we can put cards on the table for and send it to to their for their birthdays, and we can get people to sign the cards. Ooh, we could do uh, we could do the October birthdays too, maybe. Yeah, I think I think we should you should focus on that too. That's cool. Good idea, maybe. I'll, I'll work on that. So, <laughs> that's cool. So. <laughs> Um, we've got. So I'm really excited, Mindy, to, to join you out there um, in Portland. So I'm anxious. I know that the Portland hemp stock is one of my favorites. I just I love that one with a passion. Um, yes. Well, Mindy lined up a. Mindy, you lined up a really awesome guest today, and I'm I'm really pleased to have. Is there anything you want to talk about before we bring on our first guest, Dolores? Oh no, it's just if you're if you're out there listening right now, people. Um, this is. Uh, this is something I'm really excited about. Anytime that somebody's going to tell me how I can sue the Department of Justice for the damages they've caused in my life because of prohibition, sounds like it could be a good show. So I'm looking forward to hearing about this. Okay, cool, cool. Well, then let's just bring her on. Um, um, for our listeners, this is Dolores Montgomery Halbin, live on the Voices of the Cannabis War. Good morning, Dolores. How are you? Good morning. I'm blessed. <laughs> How are you, ladies? That's good. That's We're good. We're fabulous. good. So, I, Dolores, uh, you, you've started a, a kind of a movement about suing the DOJ. Well, the history of this goes back to um, basically, Kristen. When did we meet? Gosh, right after my when when I'm sorry, honey, but when did your father pass? 
Kristen. Four years ago, four years and two months ago, probably. Okay. So four years and one month so, ago, about. And I didn't get into this until March of 2014. So you were well on your path when I when I met you. And uh, your father and my husband just reminded me so much of each other. And um, after watching my kids go through the heartbreak of losing their dad and my grandchildren losing their grandpa, um, I just I just felt an instant connection to you, darling, and, and watching what you've Aww. done and watching you grow <laughs> has been Aww. phenomenal. What you guys are doing is just, it is activism. I just read an Elizabeth Cady Stanton <laughs> quote, and I love this. She said, I've been reading a lot about our founding women, just trying to learn anything I can about how to proceed from here. And she said, I would rather be a part of history than watch history. And so that is what you've done. You've just, you've quit being an advocate. You've become an activist and now you're going, you're changing history. And um, (laughs) I've been on every end of the cannabis wars. As long as we can justify, I'm just trying to justify my dad's death and I can't, I can't let it be a waste of space, a waste of time, a waste of history. It has to affect the future. It It has has to to turn from a very negative to positive. So that's, that's the mission is to make it make his death it's something we celebrate instead of instead of cry over. Yeah. I was um thank you. Talking to Jeff Mazinski the other day and we were both, you know, on kind of that same page. It's like, well, yes, the cannabis wars wounded us badly. You know, they they've wounded all of us badly. Um but it's a battle and uh we're still alive. <laughs> and uh and our and our and our fellow warriors on the battlefield are some of the most awesome people I've ever met. So you can't go back. You have to go forward, and you have to take the blessings of the relationships that we've all formed, and what we're learning, and and the collective consciousness that is occurring right now um, that is right. saying enough. And I was so thrilled to see Willie Nelson with the talk to the hand. It's like, oh, yeah, he knows about the patent now. And we've been trying to get through <laughs> to him for a long time about the patent. And for those of you that haven't been following that developing story, which really ties into suing the Department of Justice, the United States government purchased the patent on medical marijuana in 1998. I think I have it memorized, 6630507, right? I was trying to memorize uh, it. It's now, it's it's uh, it's so googled now that if you put in patent number six six, it pops up. It's like the number wow. one patent search in America. It's great that it's it's, and with what we have with all of our connectedness and in the internet now, <clears throat> we have to. I mean, our founding sisters did this with nothing to speak of but pen and paper and and communicating with one another on a personal basis telegraphs but uh susan b anthony was collecting signatures at the age of 17 i mean they they just they were unstoppable they died in 1906 together um, i think about a month apart and uh, they never got to see the fruits of their labor and Kristen's dad did not get to see that and my husband did not get to see that and 
way too many children have not gotten to see that. So the debt are piling up. They are piling up. And I call this, and I've started writing a, a book about it, I hope, um, America's Second Great Trail of Tears, The Cannabis Wars. We are piling up just like what we did to the Native American Indians on the Trail of Tears. The bodies are piling up and the injustice is going to continue. Well, the Native Americans have now managed to successfully sue the federal government for that, but it took the decimation and nearly uh, of their population and wow. 200 years. So I'm not willing to wait any longer. And uh, I, the way this Department of Justice thing got started was I uh, shortly after we were raided, um, we were contacted by someone I didn't know at the time. <laughs> And I was uh, and asked to appear before the law committee in Jefferson City on a, a really good medical marijuana bill we had back in 2014. And uh, on the way to Jefferson City, I called this guy and I said, now, who are you? And he goes, well, I'm Dan Veets. I'm your attorney. And I'm like, oh, good. I think I might be going to need one of those. Because you know? <laughs> we were raised on the 18th of March. And uh and they didn't arrest my husband after the raid. He had horrible glaucoma. He was growing for himself. Um, we were turned in by a family member with mental illness. And uh, so, you know, we hit the deck. It's like, okay, I'm not going to hide. He was a sick man, uh-huh. and this bloating. <clears throat> so we, we just came out swinging immediately from this. Um, I wasn't going to cow down and be the Bates County convict woman. <laughs> So we're testifying at the law committee. We get down to Jefferson City. And when we walked in the room, and this is is the hardest part of this story for me to tell. When we walked into the room, it was a crowded small committee room. And it was packed, standing room only. And the front row were nine mothers with their seizure children. And that is where I met Brandy Nicole Johnson and her son, Trey, um, from Bernie, Missouri. They had driven all the way to Jefferson City. Um, But there were nine of these women, and each one, Heidi Rail got up and testified about her child. And one of these mothers, and I will never forget this, was 72, and her baby was 50. And she was holding his hand, and he had on a helmet. And I thought that is all this woman has done 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 50 years. And prior to 1937, children did not die from seizure disorder. It was epilepsy was no big deal. And neither was glaucoma because we had cannabis to treat it. Oh, I hear cancer wasn't a big deal either. I no, cancer we didn't was have any of these diseases. No, we had none of these diseases. And cannabis mm-hmm. oil was just the multi-purpose treatment for everything. And for glaucoma patients, the oil didn't work, so they would have the leaf. And uh, in the, let's see, mom was born in 1919. In the mid-1920s, um, her uncle had glaucoma and was gathered around, you know, he'd come and smoke his pipe with her dad. And she liked the smell of her uncle's tobacco better than death tobacco. 
and she looked at her dad and said, why don't you this tobacco like Uncle So-and-so does because it smells better. And her mm-hmm. dad said, well, that's his medicine for his glaucoma. You know, my mom was 11 years old. So do we have the, you know, one of the questions on this Department of Justice is, is this a fraudulent claim? No, no, this is science. And you cannot argue with science. They are the fraud, not us. So I'm supposed to get up and Gina is supposed to get up and we're supposed to testify about glaucoma after these women. And he wouldn't, he was glued. He said to me, if you think I'm going to get up and talk about a little eye pain, I quote, and after those women, you're nuts. He said, you go up there and you fight for them. And I did. I was, uh, I testified longer than anybody else. And they, it was supposed to be a two minute Q and a afterwards. And, and they had me Q and a for 15 minutes. And the ignorance I found was astounding. Well, if it's so great, how come the FDA isn't testing it? Well, the FDA can't test it. Well, why not? Well, because it's against federal law. They have this classification system. Well, what is a classification system? At which point in time, I threw up my hands and I said, have you people never heard of Google? You are down here making (laughs) laws that are going to impact the lives of these children, and you haven't even bothered to search. Or why don't you Google the question, why is marijuana still illegal? And you should have done that before you walked in down here. And I said, I'll tell you what, I did. And two things popped up, CCA prison system and the Koch brothers. And when I had that happen, well, my kid was there for a year. And I've got a paper written. I'm going to send to you guys an essay on CCA. They trade for $34 on the open stock market. And this is just rape of the poor is is all it is. It's the old English aristocracy that used to go on their fox hunts and ride through the Irish vegetable gardens and then yell at the people for putting their gardens in the way. These are heartless, cold, Yeah, we haven't um, hearted orbs. We have an active lawsuit against them right now for the death of my father, by the way. And um, in my Good opinion, if, 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 yeah, 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 for sure. In my opinion, in fact, we, my opinion, if you can't work for them, if you can't make them 12, if you can't make them money, um, they're not going to put no money into your health care. They're just going to let you die. And that's, that's oh, the bottom line. You go to prison. Yeah, if you go to prison. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it, it didn't used to be that way. I mean, really, the federal prison system, my son was in CCA for a year on pop prison, and then when he got switched to, you know, do his four years in federal, you know, life got a lot better for us. I mean, he could go right. outside, um, but CCA is just a, a – it's a warehouse. Um, it, they, death, they, those prisons remind me they remind me of Nazi Germany prison camps it is. I, it's just it's horrific it is. but when I got the idea to sue was when I realized how stupid these senators were and and just their refusal to learn anything and, and one of them was talking about third hand smoke you know contamination in your clothes and I, I looked right at him, and when I said the Koch brothers, about half a dozen of them, including Mr. I don't want it on my clothes, looked at their feet. And the next thing hmm. I said was I turned around and I pointed to Brandy and the women and the children, and I said, these women have tort against you. When you, 
you are guilty of medical abuse and neglect. And the other half a dozen senators were shaking their head yes. They got it. They got it clearly. Now, what they did to cover their butts was they passed the infamous destructive CBD-only bills. Here, we got one of those. And two years later, I think Belief in St. Louis is managing to get up and operating. I think last time I talked to Mitch down there, she had 20 patients. So out of 22,000 in two years on an emergency measure, we've, you know, covered 200 kids. Um, so then Cardinal Bleming Hospital in, in St. Louis and Barnes is starting their first clinical trials of CBD for, and uh, THCA oil for kids. So here we have all these medical facilities that are just going on and risking losing federal tax dollars. Well, then we have the federal government just turning the other way and not, you know, whereas they should be cutting their federal tax dollars, they're not. So after the law committee hearing, I went home and I Googled how to sue the federal government and a form popped up and anyone listening that's sitting in front of a computer, just Google how to sue the federal government and you will find a link to the Department of Justice Form 95 for injury and death caused by the United States government. Well, I I printed it. I filled it out. I did not e-file it. I sent it in with all of my documentation, my letters from my husband's physician, um, letters from uh, Alice Randall O'Leary, whose husband was one of the first recipient was the first recipient of the medical cannabis program that the government still operates today. And I got a very thoughtful denial on my first suit and I was suing I, I, I contacted the ACLU so I was kind of using the same paperwork back and forth so Kristen I had talked about my husband's damages of being locked in jail for a week with no insulin and no blood thinners and how he had a heart attack and took him a long time to die but it, it was a death sentence and um, they wrote back and said, well, your, what was your husband's name? Gene Halbin. Gene, G-E-N-E. G-E-N-E? And, yeah, and, and last name is H-A-L-B as in boy, I-N. And his obituary online is online. It's beautiful. Um, okay. I'm going to always make sure I remember him. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, 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 he died. He, he was like your dad. He, I, Okay, it I just took a long a, um, time for them to kill him. Well, I do a rest in peace on our show every single um, every single Sunday oh, at the end yeah. of the show. Well, I do a real special. Thank- well, I'll make sure I always thank- remember him on our show. So um, my Thanksgiving kids day? get to uh, my my kids get and I get to celebrate Thanksgiving every year on the anniversary of when their father died from the cannabis wars. Because he died Thanksgiving night, so that's a really well, happy memory forgotten. to attach. Well, we you never know. Never. Um, so the the federal government, back to the DOJ 95, and I don't want to burn up all my time because this is really important, and I want people to understand very clearly what this project is. Um, I filed this shortly after the law committee. We were arrested. I knew my husband had a heart attack. I knew he was going to die. 
I, I know my husband, and at that point in time, he didn't have the energy to walk his dogs. He was ready to die then. And it's very sad that it took a few months for him to die, and it was one toe at a time. And when he finally died from so many amputations and so many rounds of medicine, he he had developed uh, uh, dementia. I was about, and his sister was the only two people he knew. And he was hostile and throwing chairs at doctors and nurses. And we almost got fired from hospice, but uh, I, I insisted that they have drugs available, but I didn't. And before they. Hello? Are you there? It looks like we lost okay. her. Uh oh. Okay. Um. She said that well, if she Mindy, she, she calls back. Okay. Okay. Well, when she calls back, Mindy, let's let her know that Craig can be calling. And then, um, I don't know. Maybe we we um finish right after Craig, just before we bring on George. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Um, this form ninety five, I have it up on my computer, and it's a very simple two page form. I think she's back. Hold on. Okay. Am I, Lord, are we Lord, back? On? Is that you? Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. Let me, let, me let, let me let you know real fast. We have a federal inmate, Craig Cecil, who will be calling in from prison right at about 9:30. So we have about five minutes left. And we're just going to be like interrupted because we don't know exactly what time he'll, he'll call. So oh, we'll just, I, the interview will just here, like in. Before I forget, do you give him my love? Okay. Um, oh, and ask okay. him how many of these he got out. We got this on the we got this a week ago. Cup of Joe. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. He calls oh, into our show too. So yeah, so he's calling in. Tell okay. him I said hello and ask him how many DOJs okay. they got filed from prison and how that's going on their end. Um, okay, for sure. I know we have for to, sure. Yeah, we got to speed things up. So. Long story short, they denied my claim, saying it was the fault of the state and the county. And I got to thinking about that, and I said, no, it is not. It is not. It is the federal government's responsibility because the buck stops here. And that's why we need to file these. Every one of these that we file is going to cost the Department of Justice 40 hours. They have to treat it like an individual lawsuit. They have to respond. Do a quick e-file online, that's fine. Or um, do like I did, print it off and send it in with your documentation and your 8 by 10 glossies with circles and arrows and a paragraph on the back of each one. Let's do Alice it. Right I'm down. I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, I think we should get all please. their prisoners to do it. I think we should get all their family members yeah. to do it. Their families. Like that, was, that was the one thing I didn't tell Craig when we did have our short time on the phone was to make sure that all the inmates' families are filing these. Um, that's a huge number of people. One of our Colorado families, that um, our cannabis refugees families, got 16 family members to file for their daughter because they had to move okay. to Colorado, and they sued for the cost of moving to Colorado. Um, here's okay. a couple quick things about it before Craig calls in, and I'll if, I'll just disappear then and just be happy as a lark and listen. But um, we are trying to use the same language, and that is – Suing the federal government for medical abuse and neglect of our children, our elderly, and our veterans, and our sick and our dying. 
We are suing the federal government for fraud based on the patent, and we are suing them, well, for Kristen and I, for negligent homicide. Um, And then the other thing is practicing medicine without a license. These are all legitimate claims. This is not a fraudulent effort. It's time for them to pay. It's time for them to go down. And this is one way that every group in America can work together and we can all do the same thing. I think we should get that in a put it in an image and mail it out to our prisoners. Um, yes. I think we should get what you wrote in, in specific instructions and mail the form and mail, mail you the instructions, everything you just said to the prisoners, and then um, get it out there like that too. And make Absolutely. another one for their family members. Okay. And there is a, I did find out, I'm working with a, a young lady, a special needs mom, Jessica Montagna, and Jessica set up the website, the www.suthedoj.com website. It's still a work in progress, but um, her and a mm-hmm. gal in California threw that together. Um, and she has found that there is a separate procedure for veterans. So um, oh. for for veterans that are in jail, or veterans that are being forced to take meds that have a side effect of suicide and then they're killing themselves, the families of those veterans that have committed suicide because they've been on medications that have a side effect of suicide, they they can sue because it's okay. proven that cannabis treats PTSD. So there is an unlimited – when you lie and somebody dies, gets hurt, or is incarcerated – or loses their lifestyle, loses money, like in my case, my job as a nurse. When you when you tell a lie and people get hurt, that's criminally and civilly liable. You are you criminally and you are civilly liable. Okay, give him my love. Guys, I love you guys. You guys, you guys talk for a second. Oh, um, thank Dolores. you, Dolores. While you're uh, while you're there still, would you give us the website where we can find you and this form? Yes, it's www.suthedoj.com. Excellent. And I, I know I, I got your email address, so I'm going to send you all that in an email too. Perfect. I really appreciate you coming on today and telling us about this. And I'm we're going to be passing this along to all the families that we know. Um, Shut I up, we're on a big page. Good morning. Oh, that's a great How idea, you doing? Dolores. I'm doing Thank well. You I'm again doing for well. The temperature's about right here in Indiana. Um, and it's just another day in the life here, I suppose. Well, well um, Craig, we today our guest is a, uh, is a woman by the name of Dolores Montgomery Haplin, who started a project for the DOJ. She was on Joe's show last week. Um, and so I think you might have been able to meet her on that show or whatnot. But, um, and she's kind of wondering how's, how's that going. If you got the um, in terms of my uh, events in my district court, so far the judge last week on his own had a hearing with the two lawyers, and they've revealed to him that you know of course the motion made wasn't you know wasn't truthful, <laughs> and the judge at this point is offering to uh, set aside the order and all that, but. Really, as a matter of law, a judge can't set aside a, a new sentencing order. The, the law is actually against him on that. 
So at this point, what I've done is I've uh, started an investigation in several different arenas. Uh, one at the Bar Association because the lawyers, you know, representing that they represented me and that I entered into an agreement when it was false. Uh, also, you know, uh, starting uh, an investigation at the U.S. Attorney's Office there, and uh, I'm trying to garner some attention in the Civil Rights Division. But my goal is that since the district court can't undo this order, uh, my goal is to go to the Court of Appeals. The Court of Appeals can set the order aside. But then, uh, basically, I'm, I'm looking for some concessions uh, from the U.S. Attorney. And if you think about it, <laughs> who I'd love to hear this, and that they're probably smiling right now, is Gene Fisher. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> he goes, I feel like, you know what, I feel like now that you've gone, I feel like we've got a secret weapon on the other side in the court system. Like, I feel like he's, he's on the other oh, yeah. side, you know. Yeah. I think he knows all about it. I think so, too. And I, I say, I'm sure Gene is smiling to know that I caught the, I caught the government dirty just as he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I swear, Craig. I I think that I, I think that your freedom is coming to you um, so fast. I just feel like you're going to be free soon. And um, did you know that my Facebook picture? I'm holding a sign for like last year since last Hempfest. It says "Free Craig People." And like, I'm not going to change my profile picture until you're free. I, I said that when I put it up. It's me holding a sign of you, and I'm I'm going to keep it there until you're free. And then I like to get a picture of you and I together. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I feel like you're going to be free soon. I just I just know you are. I'm Right. And like I say, I'm encouraged by the fact that the. This 90-year-old judge had a hearing with both of those lawyers, and, I mean, they're obviously worried. So, 90-year-old um, judge? Pardon? 90-year-old judge? Yes, yes. My judge was uh, originally appointed by President Kennedy to uh, a FISA court, and then in 1970 he was appointed to uh, the district court where he is now. Yeah, Yes, he's old. The year I was born in 1959, he was uh, uh, a U.S. attorney. He was a prosecutor. So. Wow. Yeah, my my that's crazy. Um, my dad's judge. My dad's judge was 87, and he was appointed by Reagan. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. When you're a federal judge, you can be a federal judge for the rest of your life. You don't have to retire. You don't have to change your position. It's a lifetime. A commitment. Yes, yes. Uh, and even after they're pretty much retired, once they become a senior judge, and uh, they really don't have to have the caseload of a, you know, of an action, active judge, they still have to carry out some judges' duties. Uh, like Sandra Day O'Connor still has to go to the U.S. Supreme Court, even though she doesn't actually sit amongst the the eight or nine members, you know, of the court. <laughs> But there, there yeah. is certain duties she has to still carry out. But then again, yeah. remember, they, all, they also get their salary and raises for life. So <laughs> they don't come cheap. So, okay, we're going to be going to the Woodhamstock this weekend. 
not this week yet, this coming weekend, and Mindy and I are going to be, you know, gathering tons and tons of letters for each week some more. So, well, as you know, one of the final steps, one of the last steps in the sentence commutation proceedings, you know, that are held at the office of the pardon attorney, is that they, they do have to, you know, reach out to the prosecutor and ask, what do you think of, you know, us commuting the sentence of this person? And I truly believe that's why this uh, prosecutor that I'd never heard of just out of the blue made that motion in my case. I think they, they you know, had the letter from the office of the pardon attorney and that, and they had to investigate my case and, you know, to give an answer to the pardon attorney's office. And I think they're... Uh, directing the court to lower my sentence was part of their answer. So, <laughs> I don't trust that their answer was real good that they mailed back to the pardon attorney's office. They may have, Let's call it from a federal prison. They may have said something along the lines of, well, we, we got his sentence lowered to 30 years, so that's all he needs. But nevertheless, uh, I, I really believe that that was the uh, impetus. That is why this... Uh, woman prosecutor just out of the blue, you know, picked up and started writing motions in my case that it's been closed since 2003. So I I think that's good news. And uh, there is a waiver that uh, the Office of Pardon Attorney can grant me so that even if there is something in court, they can still go ahead and process my petition. Now, I, I have formally applied for that waiver that all my paperwork is at the Office of Pardon Attorney. And it basically points out that, you know, this action that was in the court was something that I wasn't aware of. It wasn't, you know, anything that I had any control over. And actually, you know, it was bogus. So <laughs> based on that, they should give me the waiver, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. So I am I am encouraged, at least. <laughs> Craig, this is Mindy, and I've I've been listening, and that's all sounds very encouraging. Yes, and welcome back to civilization, Mindy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's it's bittersweet. I have to admit that uh, having all that quiet out in the woods makes the city look pretty dirty and noisy. But um, so uh, uh, when you were. When you were on the Cup of Joe a couple of weeks ago, the through the DOJ person, did you, uh, she was saying that she was able, that we got that, they got that paperwork sent to people on Twitter. Is that anything that um, families are interested in trying to do? That, I'm sorry, I, I missed attack? the last part that. The, uh, Has that attack? been something that people are, have you guys gotten anywhere with that um, form? Have you been able to get it to your family? Or oh, no, I haven't. No, I, I haven't okay. received it yet, actually. But uh, once I do receive it, um, actually, I've already kind of put the word out that I'm looking for marijuana convicts here. And I've been approached by all kinds of people that I didn't even know they were on marijuana cases. You know, it's like my neighbors. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have a lot more support to, to that than I even at first believed. So as soon as I get that in my hands, you know, I'm definitely going to have a whole lot of people jumping on that, you know. So they're, it's going to be too big for for the people in Washington to ignore. 
But cool, Craig, she's listening on the on the line so she can hear what you what you say. So that's awesome. Well I I will try to get that make sure that we get that printed off and send to you in snail mail, see if that helps moving along. Well thank you, because like I say, Ed, I I'm sure I can get an awful lot of people from here to file it. And uh and remember a lot of these people on marijuana cases This call is from a federal prison. Those people also have co-defendants in their cases who are at other prisons, and, you know, they'll mail to their friends and, you know, and their co-defendants, and that'll expand at other prisons. And, I mean, we can open up quite a network just from here. <laughs> so I am excited about that. That sounds like a great plan. Yes. So how's life been this week behind bar? Another week? For a plant kind of bar, your 15th year, like, what's, what's going on back there? Yes, uh, the good news is things have been quiet here. There's, there's been no, uh, you know, major upheaval or anything. Uh, and the, the, the prison is as nasty as this whole prison is. I think it, it helps push together the inmate population a, uh, a bit more than in other prisons. The prisoners tend to be more friendly to each other and more supportive here than in some of the other, you know, prisons I was in that were also medium custody. Of course, the penitentiaries, the high custody institutions like like Paul is at, those tend to be kind of rough places. <laughs> but uh, here it's just the opposite of that. It, it's it's very mild here. There's really no violence to speak of, you know, and... and that's a that's a welcome change, and that that does make my time you know quite a bit easier, where you don't have to worry about you know big uh, violent events or anything like that. So that is good here. That that is an advantage to this whole place. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I just, what have you been eating? Pardon? What have you been eating? Oh. Well, guess what we had for lunch yesterday? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm to guess. Bologna, oh, I bet. We had our turkey bologna. <laughs> oh, yay. How exciting for you. Oh, yes. We had turkey bologna. They do that once a week. They call it deli sandwich is a, the name of our meal. B.O.P. <laughs> 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 so deli. Oh, yuck. <laughs> if there's any deli that serves this kind of bologna, I, I will never be a patron. <laughs> but uh, that's that's, that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, other than that, you know, the food service, I, I've been trying to push them again. That they're supposed to serve us coffee on the weekends with our breakfast, and they. Just ignored that and some of the other required items. So I've been trying to kind of poke them with my elbow a little bit to say, you know, hey, where is that? You know, we're, we're required to have it. So I'll see if that goes somewhere. <laughs> well, I don't know if you remember, Craig, but we did a show on, on uh, prison food. But it's, it's, not, it's not meant for human consumption. So like, I feel so sorry for you. Not even when you have to be in bars, but you have to eat that food for, for last years like that. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. Oh, yes. And when a lot of the food charts, 
changes started. Really, it started with the Obama administration and uh, Eric Holder. They went to a complete new uh, menu regime here called the National Menu. But the problem is, is they took away a lot of things that, you know, I really think we we need. For instance, they took away citrus fruits. We can no longer have oranges or grapefruits or, you know, any sort of citrus. What? And, uh, No, me and Mindy eat lemons every single morning. Every morning we eat lemon water. If I went to jail, I'd be so shocked without it. Like, you have to have lemons every day. It's good for you. you. Yes, I haven't had citrus in... Aww. (laughs) But there's a lot of other, you know, things that I always considered a needed nutrient, and they, they just, you know, kind of pulled them out of our menu. Oh, that's sad. But, but they have replaced it with turkey bologna. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got a free Craig Cecil. He needs lemons. He needs oranges. <laughs> I'm sorry, Craig. Well, it's it's what it is, I suppose. And I'm just going to try to get out of it. But that's the second beef. So in 30 seconds, they're going to put a big border between Indiana and you <laughs> so well, I just want to thank you for putting the you know putting our plate here in the prison and our, our plate of uh, the marijuana offenders thanks for putting us out in front of people so that people actually know that we're here and that they might be able to help get us out of here like petitions off to the government to alright listeners that was Craig Cecil who's on his 15th year of his life sentence for cannabis. Now, see, Mindy Mindy was screening George Monterano's call, which we're going to get to George in just a second. But, Mindy, while you were screening George's call, Craig was telling us that he hasn't had oranges or citrus. They banned citrus a long time ago, and he hasn't been able to eat um, any type of citrus for a few years. And I like, well, that's crazy. Me and Mindy eat orange, um, lemons every single morning. Like, how would how would we live in without without lemons? Like Craig's been doing it now for a long time. Yeah, I I think we would survive, just not as happily, Kristen. I, I love my lemons, but um, I don't think it, it, okay. I don't know how they can feed our uh, feed these people all this crap, lock them in cages, give them very little fresh air, no communication with loved ones. Stuck with the same gender, which whether forget about the sex part, it's just you know that's omitting a whole half of the human population. You get stuck in all these situations and throw crappy food, no heat or no air conditioning on it, and then they expect these people to get along and quote unquote behave while they're locked up. It's crappy. It's just crappy. The least they can do is give them some food that will make their them. I mean, anybody who knows anything about the way our brains work, bad food and bad conditions make grumpy, crabby people. And it's just, <laughs> it's just not right. Well, I'm going to ask everybody to go back to listen to our old show that we did, um, it's prison prison food, basically, and we, we, we got it down real good at what they're really feeding our prisoners on that show. So um, Google that. And whew, anyway, well, you guys, we've got our next our next guest on the line. He's in, and he's he's a regular on our show for Georgie's Corner. Oh, but first I want to mention that we had Randy Lanier canceled this week, um, so he's going to be on next week. 
So we're going to up uh, Amber Taylor's time to 10 o'clock, whose father is serving life in prison for a joint. So um, if you're waiting to hear from Randy, um, listen next week. He'll be on next week. But in the meantime, we're going to go to Georgie's Corner, and we're going to talk to George Monterano, who spent 33 years of a life sentence in prison. And he was just recently free within the last six, six to nine months or so. And here on our show this morning to just talk about whatever he wants to. Good morning, George. Good morning, Christian. Good morning, Mendy. Good morning, George. So here we are. Here we are continuing uh, the voices of the play, which is good. Uh, I'm proud of this thing that we started. Uh, You know, you welcomed me in months and months ago with Gene and, uh, you know, I hope we do some good out there. But, of course, we do the best we can. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is George's Corner. And, um, you know, I create some words and et cetera. So I'd like to share with you what I wrote uh, this morning. I always like to start off with something poetic or uh, a storyline uh, with a po- poetic theme. So here it goes. Hey, world. Was up at five today. Went for city walk, headed not that far to water's edge. Stood there as river went sleepy by. So much so was thee alone, heard river in movement. In time I sat, thought of my lost son, sand and sea. Thought of the never love for me, for me. Thought how caged years whipped them with more emotion from my within. God. To feel Adam as in gardens begin. I got closer to water's edge, which the smell you see. It came of deep city, river mundane. The only perfume left to someone is I. To cry, to cry. I looked for morning sky, swallowed, and then knew why. Why be alone chose this guy. To write, you see, write of love, never to be. I wanted to share that with you all. And uh, that was beautiful. Basically, I know. Uh, I was just imagining you by the water. Yeah. Yes, uh, love it. <clears throat> that's true. I was up at five, and I created this uh, about seven. But anyway, uh, you know that's uh, that's the effect. That's the effect of. Uh, Long cage years. Just basically, uh, I'll read that sentence. Thought how cage years whipped, then whipped more emotion from my within. And then that's what it is. I was fortunate uh, enough as an individual through those long cage years not to become a, come out a bitter person and, uh, you know, to uh, talk hurt and do hurt. No, I came out a better person. Now, could it be because I was a cannabis uh, indictment and a different type of individual? It could be, but you can't. We can't all believe in that. We can. We have to believe that, you know, all can change in there once they realize that's the better way to go. Because you know, uh, prisons have been around in this country a very long time, and uh, and the laws are more stringent. But the prisons are not going away. Let's hope they, when they're here, they follow, uh, you know, the European countries such as Sweden and Switzerland and stuff like that. But right now we have to live with the, uh, you know, what we have and get the messages across. Incidentally, uh, um, of course, your fingers might be getting a TV show uh, 
I did a pilot on Thursday. You can see the pilot on my Facebook, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, oh, I can't show, wait to go see it. Well, we did a pilot. It's up on my fan page and uh, Facebook fan page and my Facebook particular. And uh, what I want to do is, if I get to show, there's so many stories behind these row homes. You know, I live in the city of row homes, and you have other northeast cities uh, that have. And there's so just a story behind every every row home, and a lot of them have someone that went to jail uh, uh, behind those doors. So I'm going to share with that. Hopefully, the Right now, the pilot is being very well receptive. They they want to do the show because it uh, there is a magazine that features that type of theme. Uh, I can't mention it right now, but hopefully it all comes to life. So anyway, I don't want to share that with you. And also, I get a uh, I love it that. My, That's so cool. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, also it breaks my heart. You know, hearing uh, you know the man that speaks before me. Uh, Craig in prison, you know, the cell, the, I can hear the noise behind the cell, uh, in the cell block, which I mentioned before. And I've been, <laughs> I want to share, we, we, you, I understand he was talking about Turkey. Uh, yeah. Well, many years ago in the city prison. I'm, in my 32 plus years in guards, I was in the city prison and it was Thanksgiving. I don't know if we ever talked about this before. And uh, I'm in line, it was a long line before you even got to the chow hall. And it just so happens that I was standing there, This uh, the door was open, but there was a bar, you know, steel bar door, and it was an alleyway with empty boxes from, uh, you know, from food items that they were sharing with us that day. And they were, and uh, I seen this salt oozing out of these, and I, I couldn't really understand it was foreign, uh, foreign writing. And then I come to find out what it said was Hungarian buzzer. They actually bought buzzards from another country. Yeah, they bought buzzards, buzzard legs. They were these large things. The meat was purplish, and it was like chewing gum. And that's what they served. Oh, my Thanks God. To Hungarian buzzard. That's the true story. That was back, way back in, I believe, 80. Oh, that would have to be 84, about 84, yeah. And uh, the place that is, is absolutely closed now. Disgusting. It was called Holmesburg Prison very old, old prison right within the city. So, and, um, you know, you have to line up. That's That is messed up. That, you know, that, that's, that's just rude. I'm sorry. Did you eat it? Uh, no, I shared it with, you know, that particular prison, you, you marched in the chow hall, and wherever you were, whatever the guards stood between the rows and every four that came around, you sat at that table whether you liked it or not. You had to sit at that table. You know, in some prisons you sit with your friends, et cetera. So I just sat with these three young black kids, and uh, I gave them my leg, and I sat there and just watched them chew and chew and chew because it was very hard to chew and swallow. But it was in those boxes that oozed that thick salt was a uh, Hungarian buzzard in the English terms. So uh, you know, it's a, you know they get they 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 get so much. I think it's two dollars and some cent to feed you each day in the feds. I think in the state it's less than that. So you know they 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 try to get any kind of food contract that they can, you know, to make the budget etc. But you know, there's all, hopefully it all it all should change. Hopefully in our lifetime we'll see a change. <clears throat> Kristen. Well. 
I hope that, well, okay, you say, like, hopefully in our lifetime we'll see a change, but, you know, I know there's so many people around our whole country just giving everything they got, um, just pushing and pushing and pushing to change things. So I think we will see a change, George. I think, I think we will. Well, starting to. It's just, it's just, it's just that if they can get more people like us who live the life and, and, and do the think tanks with them and work, work with them, I think it'll change better. You know, they're not, I, a lot of times they don't get it in the right perspective, uh, you know, because they're ready to make a decision in favor and then something happens in the part of the country, some, some <laughs> heinous violence, and that halts the decision. The decision doesn't go nowhere. Uh, you know, it's just it, it always it always happens. So, you know, <clears throat> like uh, we'll see at the election if people like us can get involved in some government government departments and uh, you know let a voice, let a helping hand. I agree. Yeah. So you know, that's what you I have agree. to. Yeah. Like I I repeated many times on the show, we have to change our philosophy towards incarceration in this country. You know, uh, I, I, another incident, I was uh, with the warden and wind up getting, a, he wasn't, he got a, a job with the government, and his government was actually taking the government plane, uh, the marshals, with the marshals, and going to these foreign countries and picking up the prisoners uh, that were, were fortunate enough to get released. They, they would pick them up by the State Department. This, and his, uh, his, uh, his region was... Uh, Central and South America, and he he would tell me these stories. Uh, I spent a few minutes with him. He was telling me these stories on these cell blocks. I think one was Panama, three hundred people, one one toilet, and uh, they had a fifty-gallon bucket there with a small bucket. So after you, uh, you know, you you used the toilet, you you would there was no plumbing. You would just flush it down a hole, such a and these are just uh, these are just one of many stories of conditions that I heard from this. He was a warden, and then he got this out of position. So the point I'm trying to make is now we want change. We want we want we want the, an educational uh, philosophy better so they don't come back. We want conditions better. But these are these are the things that they, these people in the city decision making situations. This is what they hear. This is the documents. This is the Senate. In Congress, you know, they see these reports and they say, well, look what they're doing to these prisons in this country. Oh, they have it good here. And believe me, that's, it comes down to these, these, these simple things uh, with people in power make a decision, that decision works against them. So I wanted to share that with you, Christian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love your thoughts. Everything you have to say, like even in your incarceration, it just means so much to our community. And I and I cherish every second you spent in prison and got out because it, it just it does mean a lot and it it means everything to us. And I totally I, I totally respect your time that you served and you and everything you represent. Well, I thank you. I thank you. I do all I can here. Matter of fact, I'm preparing a document now for my attorney uh, of all the things that I had did. Uh, as far as helping the community since I'm home, that'll be like the left side of the document. On the right side, it's going to show how that still being under a federal scrutinization probation has has dealt with me emotionally. I just was in New York uh, 
Tuesday of this past week, and uh, I, I my itinerary was to leave in the morning and to be back in the evening. Well, I had I had a window. I had to be at the train station by 9.15 in the evening, and then I was in Brooklyn, and I was in such fear because, you know, I didn't take – Hey, I didn't take into account the traffic. I thought uh, 8.30 at night, I left this uh, affair, and I'd be able to make it to the train station. But I was traffic, and I just barely got there before they, they closed the window. So why why did I have to live like that? Why? I was there doing something good, but I still have this uh, fear of being put back. Just like when you're in prison, you have this fear of being shipped or put in a hole. And you get free, you manage to get free, and you still have to live with fear. You know, it's not fair to a human being. Yes, I am a human being. It's just not fair, Christian. It's not. It's not. So, George, I'm just wondering, like, what's been going on in your community um, with the children and your participation since you've been out of prison with working with the kids and trying to change a little bit. Um, well, there. There's, oh, when you when you work with kids, that's we just did something. Uh, I think I told last week we gave a bunch of school supplies. We all went and donated, and we went and talked to shops to give stuff. But it's not so much as you know them them things come along uh, maybe five six times a year. You know mm-hmm. we're dealing with a, with a, a, a multitude of children. But then you have to for your course your daily work is do your one on one work. And I'm doing one-on-one now with uh, a small boy who's, who's, uh, who's went through some hell in his life. So, you know, it's, it's, if you can just take two hours out of your week, take him, you know, to shoot hoops or take him for a walk and stuff like that. And uh, so I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Oh, uh, so cool. We, That's sweet. Yeah. You have to do That's it. That's really nice. Things. You have to do it privately and then not privately. Imagine all those people that. Excuse me. I was just going to say, imagine all those children that you would have been able to help if you hadn't been stuck in that prison. And but then I also think maybe you would have been doing something different altogether. So. Yeah. Well, I had a course analyst of my incarceration, my court course, my indictment, court course, incarceration, and age and stuff like that. It was over eight million. Just one me, me alone. Now, imagine what they could have saved mortgages, paid people's hospitalization, paid people's uh, 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 education. They could have done an awful lot for many people with that eight million. They were deprived of a lot of things, but they 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 are just languishing and they just keep spending the money. Like I said, it's just it's just me now. Times that times thousands. Did that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of one of those people we're paying for, uh, Thomas Landris, his daughter is calling in on the line, and she's calling on her break at work. So. Okay. Um, okay. Well. Yeah, her, her, dad, her dad is serving life in prison for a joint. <laughs> yeah. Which which state? Oklahoma. It's a de facto life. It, I, th- I believe his sentence is actually 20 years, but he has brain cancer, so it. Oh it, yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't understand. It's a de facto life. His sentence is equivalent to life, depending on your illness and age. Exactly. So, uh, 
Okay. So uh, I'll be in. I'll be calling in, and I'll be calling you guys. Okay, we love. Uh, we love really you. Thank you. Coming on every week and keep up the good work. You too. Thank you, George. All Hope right. See you Goodbye, soon. girls. Goodbye, girls. All right. All right. Bye. All right, you guys. That was George George Monterano, who's released after his 33rd year in a federal penitentiaries. Um. We just love his voice. It reminds us of Eugene. He and him and Eugene were close, and Eugene used to be the host of the show. So it's just nice to have his friends on. Next week, his friend um, Randy's going to be on. He was going to be on right now, but he couldn't make it. So we got Amber to call in a little bit earlier, and we just mentioned to George Amber's dad is serving a de facto life sentence, and de facto life sentence means that your sentence is longer than your lifespan. So for my father, who was sentenced to five years, his lifespan only led to four months. So he died basically of a de facto, in a, serving a de facto life sentence, which is what Amber's dad is going through, as, as Mindy mentioned, that he has brain cancer. Why you got to have brain cancer and be in prison over a joint? I mean, look, come on, man. Here's Amber Taylor right now. Good morning, Good morning. my love. Hi, how are you? Are y'all having a good morning? We are. We've yeah, been working about suing the Department of Justice. So that 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 always is a great way to start a day. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's so hard to just even sue them. They're protected by so many entities. It's ridiculous. I mean, I you have to you'll have to even when you're not working. Listen to the yep. first part of our show, and and the um, the first guest talks about how effective this can be, and and her process for doing it. It might be very helpful to you. Yes, I um um I was just sent the link, and whenever I get off of work, I'm going to do some research. It's it's amazing um how when all of us get together, stuff gets done. You know, my husband did um a year for a parole violation, and he's out now. And I just linked up with somebody who's going to help me get his sentence commuted so that he doesn't have to be on parole for the next seven years. So just the contacts that this show and, and, and our community, our marijuana community brings together is just such a blessing. We're all great people. I, I just love y'all. Oh, I feel the same about you, Amber. So is there any news Thank about you. your dad? Well, the um he his spirits are so high with all of the letters and 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 um support that he's gotten his um his his appointment for his MRI because his lesions are on his brain are getting bigger is still over a year out so keep those phone calls coming in keep calling the governor keep calling the medical administrator on the flyer that's been posted on no jail for drugs and free thomas landris page just keep on doing it. I know it, it seems repetitive, but it really does work. All right. We'll get that um, flyer circulating again, too, and make sure. And If you want more calls, maybe to the governor, if that's what your current route you want to take, I can do another flyer and just focus on governor's calls. But we, we would need some good, strong words to put into the flyer. 
Well, that that would be awesome. Um, Governor Mary Fallon is up for re-election this year, and there's a lot of people that are putting pressure on her because she pretty much shot down the petition to even be able to vote for medical marijuana in November in Oklahoma because of the wording. So people are pretty upset with her. So this might be something that she could focus on to 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 make amends. So uh, the governor's office might be the route we need to go right now. Okay, okay. So That's yeah, so let's idea. let's look into that. Let's look into that because I know the governor, we've we've done a lot of contacting the governor for Richard Delisi and so far we've had no luck. But I do know that the governor knows who he is. Um <laughs> we want to free. They've responded to us. I mean he's he's very aware of them. So if we can at least make your dad, you know, really uh they know, they know Thomas Landers when that governor hears his name, she's already gonna know who he is. That's what I think we need to do is make his name familiar to her by generating phone calls to her. And I've done a few for Richard DeLisi, so I can change it a little bit and, and, and do something for your dad. And then, um, I, you know, they do have ultimate power to to claim that they don't. They're on these different committee-type things. It's, they're, they're kind of full of it, but I think she can do it. And if we can convince her to do it um, by making those phone calls, I think it would help your dad. I've, I've always thought that. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's get on it. I was um, talking to somebody on Facebook the other day, and I keep getting this response when I talk about my dad is, well, if you do the crime, you got to do the time. And I don't think that people understand how screwed up our crimes are. There's things that people are going to jail for that's absolutely ridiculous. America's president's in jail. Ignorant statement. That's an ignorant statement people are making. So what? Yeah. So so a so hundred years ago people should have been sitting in prison because of their skin color because that was a crime. Exactly, exactly. Crime there are our, our laws are are able to be changed and just because it our government says it's a law doesn't make it a right law. You can sit on a jury and you can say not guilty for a crime that somebody did break because you know it's a bad crime. It's called jury nullification. Educate yourself, please, people, please. America's prisons um, you know are right well, with addiction. And I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, no. I was just saying, just look at the good side of it. I, you know, I get a lot of people on my Facebook wall who say that, but I get a lot more people who don't say that. So. To every, like, you know, there's always, like, ignorant people out there who just don't understand because they don't take the time to learn what's going on. But when they do, then they start to understand. So to me, like, we've got to educate those people that are like that. So I don't I don't know how to do it sometimes, and sometimes people are impossible. But I'm, I'm also grateful that there's more people who I think it's understand laziness. what's going on. It's easier, it's easier to let the government think for us for some people, and some of those people are going to be yeah. really difficult to reach because they, they just don't want to have to think for themselves. That's totally what it is. Yep. I mean, some feel like that's like their safety net. Like, you know, when you go to your doctor, then you totally trust him because you think that he's there to do you well and, and make you better when – when that's not the case all the time, you know, some doctors get incentives to prescribe medications that we don't even need, just like the government gets incentives to make laws that we do not even need because it makes money for them and for their interests. 
over 87. Oh, you just said the right. Listen to you go, girl. That is exactly Over 87%, <laughs> over 87% of government officials own stocks or or um or incentives into our private prison systems. They some of them may own stocks into the soap that they distribute. Some of them may own stocks into the uniforms that they distribute. But they're all making money off of our family being incarcerated for nonviolent offenses. Um, we have a doctor on the line listening. We have a doctor on the line listening, Amber, a heart surgeon, and uh, Dr. Allen. I bet you he would agree with uh, you 100%. Yeah, like I, 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 when I go and search for a doctor, I search for a doctor that's going to give me other options before he puts me on 10 different medications. I, I look for a doctor that's going to say, hey, maybe you need to change this in your diet, or maybe you need to exercise a little bit more, or instead of, here you go, here's three prescriptions Call me whenever they make you have a, something else go wrong with you, and I'll give you another prescription. That's I have that problem with my arthritis doctor. I go in there, and every time I tell him I do not want pharmaceuticals, what other options do I have? And well, what about what about a steroid shot? How many times do I have to tell you that I don't? I'm allergic to steroids. I don't do well on steroids. They make me crazy. Well, maybe one more try. Why are you trying yeah. to push steroids? I mean. It's I, I you see those old commercials where they make it seem like drug dealers are out pushing drugs on you and pressuring you, but I've never had more pressure to do drugs than I do going to the doctor's office. Oh no, I'm I'm the real pill pusher. I'm a I'm I'm the real drug dealer. I'm a QMAP at work, and every day I have to talk these people into taking their medications because if they don't take it, then I have a med error and then I'm in trouble. And if I have so many med errors, then I get rolled up. So I kind of have to convince these people to take this medication that they don't even want to take. It's a, it's a ripple effect all the way from the pharmaceutical companies to the doctors to the nurses to the med techs to the QMAPs to the CNAs. We're, we're all drug pushers, and we're legal drug pushers paid by the government to push these medicines on these people. Okay. I, couldn't, I, I, couldn't I did a little bit of... Um, I did a little bit of research, and Americans, America's prisons and jails are rife with addiction and substance use. Um, CASA Columbia's research shows that the increase in America's prison population is due to overwhelming criminal activity linked to alcohol and other drugs, prescription drugs, and addiction. Between 1996 and 2006, as the U.S. population rose by 12%, the number of adults incarcerated rose by 33% to 2.3 million inmates. And the number of inmates who were substance-involved shot up by 43% to 1.9 million inmates. This report is, ex- is exhaustive analysis of the extent to which alcohol and other prescription drugs implicated in the crimes and incarceration of America's prison population. Countless self-reports from chronic pain patients who use cannabis for pain management show a common theme. These patients report that they are able to either significantly decrease their dose of opiates, which are, you know, um, hydrocodone, um, tramadol, all the prescriptions the doctors give you, 
or discontinue opiate use completely. They also report the benefit of no longer having to deal with opiate side effects such as constipation, nausea, or depression, which gives the doctors ample opportunity to prescribe you more medication. A typical observation by patients in that their use of cannabis doesn't necessarily take away the pain, but that they are no longer preoccupied with the pain. They are able to ignore it. Research is beginning to show that there is a synergy between cannabinoids and opiates, and thus a patient could decrease the amount of opiates necessary to manage pain due to the opiate sparing effect of cannabis. So that means you can replace the need for opiates with cannabis. Since opiates carry the risk of overdose along with unwanted side effects, adding cannabis to their treatment regimen allows patients to achieve more comfort and a lower amount or no opiate medication. And doctors do not want to hear that because ain't no weed man giving them money to prescribe weed. They're giving them money to prescribe opiates. Absolutely, completely 100% true, Amber. I mean, just my personal experience, I used to be on all those medications. I had a med list like you wouldn't believe, and... I was low-functioning, depressed, miserable, overweight, and um, I switched that. I got off all those medications. It wasn't easy, and um, cannabis only, and I weigh less than I did in high school. Um, wow, that's I'm healthier awesome. than i ever been. I haven't been in my wheelchair anymore, um, and um, I'm not as needy or dependent on all of those um agencies that used to depend on my money. Yeah, that's what they're that's what they're doing. They're depending on your money. I'm it's it's a trillion dollar industry that that ripples down to everything. I mean it goes to the police officers who get incentives to arrest the people who are strung out on the drugs that the doctors prescribed them. And then whenever they can't get those drugs because their tolerance level has gone up and they need more, then they self-medicate with methamphetamine and heroin and all kinds of stuff, and then they go to prison. And then it goes generation to generation to generation. Um, Amber, before we, before we let you go, we should have our next guest call in any, any second now. But I want to um, mention to you, we speak more, She's she's on um, she's on in the background here reminding me that her son uh, Lance Gore, who is a very good friend to our movement, who is, in, who is a, one of our POWs serving a 10-year sentence in in a federal penitentiary right now for for medical cannabis. Um, anyway, she wants us to mention, and I know you love you love Lance and you you love Tracy, so I wanted to mention it while you were on the phone that Lance has a birthday coming up on September 23rd. Um, and he'll be spending his birthday behind bars. Yes, he Happy will. Birthday, and I've already got my birthday card in the mail. Freelance floor, oh. one team, one dream. We need to start. We, Mindy, we got to get um, cards for Lance too for at the Hemp Fest. Hemp Star. Absolutely. I will yeah, we'll okay. do that. This is a crappy birthday for him, but you know what? This man, this man's name will be in people's mouths for generations to come. Nobody's going to forgive what he did for us because he's sitting behind bars right now for us. Yep, yep, yep. Go Lance. Oh, he's like, he's, like, he's one of our heroes. 
And then you guys know yes, I, I yes, know that. Francis, Francis know me from a pan of paint. I'm a pan, a can of paint. And as soon as he heard my dad's story, he he went right into protection mode, and he and he started working for me and my dad. So I have nothing but love for him. And his mom is a G. That's Mama G right there. She goes hard for her son. Um, Trace or um, Mindy, we need to get um card for Thomas Landreth too. A get well card for him at the at the hemp stock. So we want for yeah, Landreth and then our person. I'm going to talk I'll to the doctor. I'll take break, ladies. i got to go back in and push the meds on these okay. elderly people. All right. Well, good luck. I'll have a great day. Free Lance Floor, mm-hmm. free Thomas Landris, free Chris Martin. Go find the petition on the free Thomas Landris page, and y'all have a blessed day. Free Amber, Love too. Of course. my day again. <laughs> Bye, Amber. <laughs> Have a beautiful day. Bye. Yeah. Oh, and you guys know what? Let's say happy birthday too to Tracy Gore in advance because it's her birthday. That's his mom, and their birthdays are on the same day. It looks like so. It's going to be a miserable day for both of them. Be separated because of prohibition. Um, we're going to go to our next guest. Hopefully, she's on the line. Not quite yet, but she'll be on the line in a second. But while we wait, um, I want to give a shout out to. Uh, Jeff Eichen from the Lifers documentary who's been working really, 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 really hard to present a movie that will tell the stories of our lifers in order to get their voices heard through video. So it's a documentary, and um, we've been the Voices of the Cannabis War. Oh, we've been working with Jeff, and it's been a, a long, a long, long work process with him, but we, we believe that no one, all believe that no one should go to jail for a plant. So we work hard together because we all share the same vision, and that's to get our lifers freed, or not just our lifers, but all of our, our cannabis prisoners freed. So shout out to Jeff. Jeff, we love what you're doing. You're doing great. Um, if you want to go to his um, his website, I think it's lifers.org, or no, lifers.com, and you can go to Jeff Eichen on his Facebook wall if you have any questions or want to be a part of the documentary in any way, shape, or form, check it out. So, Mindy, while we wait for Stephanie to call in, is there anything that you want to mention that's been going on with Prohibition? Well, I want to reiterate um, the topic of today, the suing the DOJ. And if you didn't catch that, that's Form 95. (laughs) Google that, and it comes up with a document that's two pages, a claim for damage, injury, or death. If you don't feel that you personally have suffered any damage or injury or death from prohibition, then um, I know you know somebody who's in prison for the plant and you can, or who's sick and can't get their medicine. Make sure you get this information to the family. Let's get this going around. Let's flood the government with this lawsuit and just shut them down. I wonder if Dolores is still on. Dolores, I'm going to bring Dolores on for a second. I got a question for her. Oh, yeah. Dolores, are you still there? Oh, gosh. Are you still there, Dolores? Okay, so I have a question. So this lawsuit is against people who's had a a death or um, an illness. But what about, okay, well, what about the general public who has been denied access? The general public can sue on tax fraud. 
tax right. listen to this. Like, listen to this. Tax fraud. It costs sixty five thousand dollars a year to keep a prisoner in jail on a fraudulent <laughs> claim. We are paying that. We the people are paying for all of these incarcerations. And God, I wish I could have come in and talked about the day I had the turkey bologna in jail served with ketchup. That was just beyond the pale. But yes, tax fraud. The general public and treason. What about conspiracy to keep a medical beneficial plant that they knew about against the general public, denying them? Federal government has broken laws Then you can count. This is actually treason. Failure to enforce federal law by the federal government is treason. So by allowing 30 states to have legal cannabis and turning a blind eye, they are committing treason. They're, They're just breaking. In hundreds of laws, the, the sky is the limit. So no, if you're not directly related, you are directly. If you are an American taxpayer, you're involved. You're involved. Right. Who was the prisoner said that it, it, they spent how many six million dollars keeping him incarcerated? All these life for prison for pot, which are all on there on fraud. We're paying for that. CCA is collecting the paychecks. The senators are on the payroll. No, we can go after them for tax fraud, and I think that okay. would be just a brilliant strategy. <laughs> okay. okay, so I think you are listening, and you, you know, you, you feel like, oh, I want to sue them, but I don't have no direct family member. Or, hey, we can figure it out. Get that form, and you know, get let's get them. You know, let's do it. Use the patent. Everybody use, just use, oh, use cool. the patent so number. Cool. Use the patent okay, number. Use the patent they number. Patent. You memorized it, right? Yes, use the patent number and sue them for fraud. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and okay. have fun doing it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, well, we're gonna, um, we just had a quick question for you, Dolores, but thank you for hanging in there with oh, us, and we're going to go to our next guest. So. You guys are awesome. Thanks, this has been a great you. show. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> cool. Well, you're going to love our next guest. You're going to love her. She's great. No, um, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> cool, thank you. <laughs> our next guest is going to be Stephanie Landa, who served four years in a federal penitentiary for cannabis, who got out to bring attention to the prisoners and to their families, and that she, she left behind in prison. Um, she started her own group and then became part of the Human Solution and then went back to having her own group um, called and it's a nonprofit 501c3. And Stephanie personally hustles her booty off at events down in Southern California, some slushies and hot cocoa for our prisoners. And then she, she has a website where you can donate. And then what she will do is take all the donations, all that, and puts it on prisoners' commissary money so they don't have to work as hard behind bars. So that's who Stephanie Landa is. And she's going to talk to us about. Oh, and not to mention, her son is in prison, too, for cannabis right now. So she's just really going through it while she's trying to help everybody. So, everybody, if you haven't met Stephanie, here's Stephanie Landa. Hi. Good morning. You're so Hi. nice to me. That's so nice. Um, good morning. <laughs> That's so, what you are. Here's my upgrade. Uh, here's what I would like to do. Just like Amy is doing, like, Guardians of 
and people are becoming angels for different people. If you have somebody that you're taking care of, you could just tell me and I will either send or give you the money orders so that you could put it on their books so that everybody gets taken care of that really needs it instead of me randomly taking care of people. So hear this. If you're out there and your person that you write to needs $100, please get a hold of me, 818-652-7891. Dee Dee Kirkwood came. Richard Delisi for me. Okay, great. Okay, I'll send you one in the mail. Just text me your address and I'll send you a money order. So Dee Dee Kirkwood just came over. Dee Dee Kirkwood just came over, and she got three money orders for, like, Mo Foley and two other people that she writes to that I didn't even know about. So it's a good way for people Uh, to get their loved ones so that we're not just sending the popular people money. We're sending people that don't have anybody to care for or that uh, we don't know about. So um, so that's my plea for this week. That's why I wanted to come on. I wanted to ask You're everybody. <laughs> Actually, it was Dee Dee Kirkwood's idea. She called me, and she said, I really need somebody to be taken care of. I said, oh, I don't have them on my list. Come on over and get money orders, and you can do it. So she was she really thrilled. Is, to- I, I'm a big fan of Dee Dee. She's, uh, she's amazing. We need to have her on. She hasn't been on. She hasn't been on for a while, so we need to have her on to talk about this project right here that Stephanie's talking about too. We need to hear Dee Dee. That's cool. Uh, that would be great. That would be great. She's so nice. So um, well, yeah, tell and I told her that your son. My son is okay. He is in the fire department. The drills are really hard. They have to go through the same training as a fireman. And so he has to carry somebody like three flights of stairs, uh, another human that's close to his weight, but nobody's close to his weight. So he's going to carry somebody that's 20 pounds heavier than he is. So up three flights of stairs. So it's, it's ruling and he's tired a lot and, but he's in a place where he can relate to it. You know, I mean, like he's not, you know, I guess take a shower by himself and, you know, there's only six other guys there and, it's just, it's good for him. He's happy, actually. My kid's in prison and he's happy. You know, he's not happy he's locked up, but he's happy. Take a by yourself. Must be big. Oh, it's really big. It's really huge. And he gets to have, like, you know, the things he gets on commissary cold because there's a refrigerator. So, you know, little things that we don't think about are huge when you're in prison. Like, huge. You know, there's no ice or anything like that to make anything cold. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the fire department was definitely a step up. You know, it was, it's, you know, it's very nice. I like it. But, um, he, yeah. Does, does he get to earn any money doing that, or is it a volunteer 29 thing? cents an hour. How much? He gets 29 cents an hour. And he works seven days a week from... Five in the morning till four in the afternoon. So I'm curious, what was the difference in what he was going to get paid before he went off to do this? What were they going to pay him in jail before he decided to do the fireman? I'm not sure in state prison that you get paid. 
I think you have to have a job. Oh. It's not like federal prison where you get 12 cents an hour. I think state prison, you're like a straight slave. Dang. So. Oh. I know. I swear, oh. like, slavery exists in 2016. It's all this. This is just, you know, if you think about it, like, we we're talking about the cannabis prisoners, but this is just one little minor part in a whole bigger part of slavery. I mean, they've, they've, they've got so many more than our cannabis prisoners. It's, it's crazy how the, the level that slavery really does exist on in 2016. Yeah, almost everybody in jail is in jail for drugs, like almost everyone. Yeah. Some kind of a Non-violent drug crime. Or, or a violation of probation for drugs or something like that. You know, it's just in and out, in and out, in and out, you know, because it's easy to get violated. It's easy to do something wrong, you know, like it's just, it's not easy once you're in the system. Once you're in the system, it's hard to stay out. It's just not easy. It's like, it's horrible. Jail is horrible. There's just nothing good about it. Fortunately, my child was blessed enough to be put in the fire department. You know, one out of 6,000 people. It's not, it's just, um, it's hard. Like, it's heartbreaking, so, but. So, Stephanie, if is, somebody wants to donate to the website or donate to Freedom Grow um, and get in touch with you, how do people do that? Because, like, you need people to basically kind of adopt prisoners or take care of a prisoner or something like that. But how also if people just have money and they want to just help but don't have time to actually help a prisoner one-on-one, how can they donate and get a nonprofit tax deduction off their taxes for it? Okay, so if... If you need money for prisoners, call me. If you need to give me money, call me. Um, We have (laughs) a donate button, but it's not like, you know, I'm just so uncomputerized, you know. I don't even, I'm trying to check it, but it's hard. Um, So my phone number is 818-652-7891. And, of course, I'm on the media. I'm on Instagram as Let Freedom Grow, and I'm on Facebook as Stephanie Landa. And my website is freedomgrow.org. Every Sunday night, I am at the Secret Sesh here, like tonight, and I have a table for the Mad Shatters. Part of it's for Freedom Grow. Every week, one of our prisoners is going to be having half the table and we're going to try to raise money for a special prisoner. And um, Linda Burns, 10%, um, made some money last week. This week, I think, um, I don't even know. Anybody got a favorite prisoner out there? Kristen? Yeah. Richard DeLisi okay, is my favorite it? prisoner. But, but okay, no, well, I can't well, really compare them, though. I just, what? I just have, I just feel a lot of pain for Richard Alisi, but like my favorite, I couldn't say who my favorite is. Okay, well, every week I love change, I love so if somebody knows somebody that needs more money than a hundred dollars, call me and I'll put their name on for the next week, and so they're going to have okay. part of the booth, and it's going to be every Sunday night. And I'm, okay. I don't know if I'm supposed to announce it or not, but I'm going to have everything that everybody loves. Do you have a, um, do you have a printer? Uh, no, I don't have a computer. 
I'm so bad. I get <laughs> signs. I know. If anybody's out there that wants to help me, call me. I'll I'll pay. Actually, I have money to like pay somebody to help me make signs. Do I'm just overwhelmed. I'm old. Well, I've got so, I've got some images, Stephanie. You you're I've got some images. You're welcome to use. Like I was going to say, maybe you could take. The image I made to write uh, Jerry Duvall a letter. I, you know the image where you said oh, you would um, send him some money? Right. Like images like that, you can always use and just, you can print them and you can send them to the Kinko's, by, not Kinko's, but um, Staples by your house and have it laminated right. on 17 by 11 inch paper and it's only less than $5. So you're welcome to use okay. any of my images. So and then if you need you, a specific one, I can just that? make one. <laughs> okay, that. Okay, yeah. great. Like yeah. once a week would be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I then I'll make an image in. of them. That that's so. We've great. got an image that's of so Luke and Ricardo, who I know you you love Luke and Ricardo. I've got an image I for them. I've got them. all kinds of. Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah, I've got, really I've got great. Because I hate I hate to bother Amy. She's super busy. Like she's yeah, well, she yeah. is everywhere. <laughs> I know, Amy? Stephanie. We can we can help you get your get it even sent into the right uh, staples in your area. So all you have to do is go pick it up. We can help you with the, all of that. Okay, that's that's so great. Let's talk after the radio show. Sounds perfect. And, okay. Cool. Okay, and I I love you guys a lot, and I think that love your you show too. is great. I think everything is great and. We're moving on. I don't know if it's going to be recreational in California. I don't think so. I I just don't okay, think so. Okay, cool. <laughs> really? All right. I mean, I really <laughs> not taking sides, but I'm praying. Uh, so right. have a great day, great night. I want everybody to work out the bugs. I like it medical. You know, it seems to work down here. Yeah, uh, I can't say too before you came recreational. Yeah. Recreational so, has been great up here, so I understand. I know. That. <laughs> yeah, so we should look at other states like yours. And mine, um, it's a mess up here. Don't yeah. do it. So recreational. Have, have, the, have the greatest day. Um, you too. I miss you, Gene, every time I'm on the radio. Because I know he can hear us. Aww. And... He's telling us right now. I I know. I know. (laughs) He's like going, yes, girls, carry on. (laughs) Yeah. So I will talk to you all maybe next week. Okay. Can't wait. Our fingers are crossed for that. Okay. Have a great show. Yes. And oh, and don't everybody forget that. All right, you guys. That was Stephanie Landa. That was Stephanie Landa with her update. We love you, Stephanie. Now we're going to go to Tom Corby. Um, but I want to just bring on David Allen real quick, Dr. David Allen. So Dr. David Allen listens on most of the shows. He comes on a lot of the shows. But maybe not necessarily just for an update. Just say hi because we miss his voice. Um, and we love Dr. Allen. Hi, good morning, Dr. Allen. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Dr. Allen. Ah, we might have caught him off guard. I think so. Uh, All right, Dr. Allen. 
He, I, t- I took him off. He might have went. He might have um, had to put the phone down or something for something. But okay, now we're gonna go to Tom Corby, who is a Northern Chapter Coordinator for a group called The Human Solution International. Um, Mindy and I know The Human Solution very well. They're a great bunch of people who just want to end prohibition. They believe that nobody should go to jail for a plant. They wear these little green ribbons and they show up for as much court support as possible. Like Tom Corby, who leads the group in Northern California, who goes to every single court hearing that he can in his community and helps get other people there. Not only that, but he does prison outreach because he believes in our prisoners and their sacrifices. In fact, Tom was a defendant at one point who was facing time himself, so was his wife. However, they fought their case, and, you know, they're not in prison right now. So I wanted to say good morning to Tom and welcome him to the show and thank him for coming on the show every week and ask you, Tom, what in the world is going on in Northern California this week? Uh, uh, thank you, uh, Christian and Mindy. Uh, there's a lot going on in Northern California. First thing I want to say, Dr. David Allen, uh, we need to comfort him stronger. He still needs a attorney. He's going to a hearing in November. Uh, so maybe after I get off, uh, maybe give him another shout. Uh, I think he wants to talk today. Uh, but he's very busy uh, also down Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about suing the DOJ, I think it's about time. And let, let's remind, maybe remind the DOJ that the Controlled Substance Act was illegal in the first place. And cannabis should have been descheduled, not rescheduled long ago. Also, maybe we could get a send out a format letter on Facebook, uh, give people an idea uh uh, and what I found about all these letters, if you keep it to brevity, I try to keep mine, even the one page, uh, cut to the chase, uh, because it, it, I think it's more important how many letters are sent, not so much uh, long, you know, and keep it to brevity, which I'm not a man of. <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, also I think the judges... Uh, uh, DAs, whoever reading, they're so busy they don't have time to read really long letters. Just, I think it's the best cut to chase on that. Uh, Northern California, first thing I'm going to bring up most important is uh, the, uh, James Bennell uh, and his boys tomorrow uh, are going for their uh, moral turpitude uh, arguments to be brought in by uh, our uh, number one top attorney, savvy, trial lawyer, Joseph Tully. Uh, that's at 2 p.m. Uh, actually, that's at 1 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, 1.30, we say, actually, nothing happens at 1. Uh, 1.30 tomorrow. Uh, we're going to try to go up. Uh, we have a double reason. Uh, we also have uh, Trevor Alcorn uh, at 2 p.m. Uh, now, that's not at the main courthouse. That's up on the hill at the annex. <laughs> Uh, be, there's only Department 1 and 2. It's usually in Department 1 right there on, at 1655 West Street in Redding, California. I could talk just on each one of these cases. Uh, I could talk an hour easy. Uh, basically, uh, again, the Bennett's last uh, last hearing uh, brought the pictures most in, which that's uh, uh, that, uh, 
kind of like uh, their subpoenas, uh, and you're going to bring the, the officers' credibility and records forward. Uh, and when you start doing that, they start backing down. So the more uh, motions you can make, uh, witnesses you can bring, uh, keep throwing everything at them. Uh, they really don't like to have to work in the first place. Uh, and a lot of times we back them down, and we do get what we always shoot for is a 995 dismissal, uh, caution to verse, uh, probable cause, uh, jury nullification when we go to trial. So, Venos uh, tomorrow, one, uh, Alcorn at two. Uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at all my pads here. What's that say? I got a stack of pads here with cases just right up from NorCal. I got hardy keep up with. Uh, sometimes I mix the cases up, uh, but it basically a lot of these uh, they all resemble each other. Uh, code enforcement gets out of line. Uh, a lot of these uh, officers only have GEDs and uh, high school educations. Uh, they're not really qualified. Uh, this is why we bring the pictures and turpitude motions to to bring their character uh, to the fore. Uh, this last this last week, we had four uh, cases going to trial right here in Butte County, and this is what we always. Uh, the, the crux is if you take them to the trial, you, if everybody would take them to the trial and not make these BSP bargains, they couldn't do it. Think about it, it costs them millions. It fills up the courtroom. There was a trouble going on. And, and it's just, it just takes up, uh, they just can't do it. So more people, mindset, take them on to trial. Uh, we had uh, uh, Eric Pierce. With Alex Lyons, again, Eric Pierce, uh, Alex Lyons met Eric Pierce, uh, Butte County Jail, where he's, Eric spent 40 days. Uh, he met Eric and Eric, and he's in there only for trimming. Think about that. Folks, trimming is what I call the open. It is totally even. Yeah, it's a shame. And, and listen, these are just young kids. They're my dad, granddaughter's age, 28 years old, and when I was in when I was in Butte Jail, thank God, just short time. Uh, what's so sad is how they screw these kids. Uh, they just can't make it. They get out on probation. They have these programs that cost them. They can't do it. So they actually just making jailbirds out of these kids for victimless crimes. This is one of the reasons we come. Uh, we don't come for ourselves, we come for our kids. Uh, so Eric Pierce, uh, see I'm right here, I have his page. <laughs> I'm out of breath a little bit, I can't help it. Uh, well, gonna... Tom, Tom, while you take a second to breathe, as you always remind us, I want to <laughs> say that uh, we have Shelby okay. on the line, and she's a case that you have been telling us about for quite a while. Something over 30 continuances and 100 appearances, and she's been wrapped up in this system for a long time. So um, we would love, we're almost out of time here. Do you mind if we go ahead and bring Shelby on real quick, Tom? Yeah, that's fine. And and what I'm saying is is that uh, if I can come back in, uh, or, or what I'm going to do is if people will go to the Human Solutions uh, International.org calendar, 
all right? And and also I post when I post a calendar, I also take a screenshot or and I post it on Facebook. And when I do that, I try to give a nice synopsis. Uh, I always have the, the uh, defendants write a statement out. First thing, write a statement out. Everything that happens to you. The attorneys don't have them do this kind of stuff. This is why we advocate with the defendants and the attorneys and the PDs to keep them on the right trail. All right. Yeah, all right. I want to thank everybody today again, and uh, I'll be glad to come in later, or I'll see you all next week. And don't forget to breathe. <laughs> all right, Chris. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. You know, okay, um, so, Mindy, before... Go ahead. I had a couple things, too, before I was going to say. Um, first of all, Tom, <laughs> being the, the extraordinary person he is, um, that calendar on the Human Solution website is... Mm-hmm. One of the best parts about that website, in my opinion, we we use it regularly, and it really can help get people to your court case. Um, but I also want to say, just um, as you know, in case the lawyers out there are listening, we um, are not attorneys. We don't, um, we can't give advice legally, and um, we have a lot of people who come on our show who very strongly encourage everybody to go to court and to fight it and then we also have those who say you don't have a chance in hell of beating them just take a plea deal um so that's we support you no matter what you decide and i just wanted to remind the listeners that you know again we're not attorneys and, and can't tell you what to do it's funny that we bring that up because people ask me for advice all the time and i i just you know i got a lot to say but yeah no don't ever sue me because <laughs> Thank yeah, we we're just a bunch of opinions and help and and hope. Nothing. Right. All right. Well, all I wanted to say is that next week, okay, so behind the scenes here, Mindy and I have, have worked up our next guest for next week. And so we're going to preview her. Her name is uh, Shelby Lucero, and she's online. We're about to bring her on, and we're just going to get a preview of what we're going to talk to her about next week. Now, um, and Tom's mentioned every single week, oh, she's on her 28th preliminary hearing, 29th, da, 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 up to 33 now, I think, is what I, what, Mindy, is that what you said, too? But um, I believe, her case, I'm sure Shelby will know. Right. Well, it's a really strong case in, in Northern California, and she's going to tell us next week exactly how prohibition has affected her life. In fact, we're going to bring her on now. Um, just to say hi to her and say good morning and find out um, a little bit about what we're going to talk about next week. Good good morning, Shelby. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you thank on, you Shelby. for coming on. So, so, my gosh, you've been going through it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I've been going to court now um, for four and a half years. It'll be five years, July 4th, 2017. Um, I went through, God, I'm going to say 57 continuances of my preliminary hearing alone, and I've been to court for over 100 times. I I quit counting. Um, And thanks to Human Solution and all the court support out there, the Corbys, I mean, I would love to mention everybody, but you guys know who you are, and I love you, and thank you for coming along. It's really hard to follow a case like mine for four and a half years, so, you know, and then you don't, you know, you don't have money while you're fighting this, so you can't really help people out financially. But um, it's been, it's been a trip. 
Man, well, yes, we're going to hear all about it. Um, well, we want to. I want to know ahead. how it's affected your life, how it's affected your family. You know, I want to. I want to hear what how all this started. I want. I want to hear it all, and I can't wait to talk to you next week, Shelby. So we can. Yeah. So we can hear more of what you. Um, Tom has been a huge advocate for you on this show. He calls in every week and talks about you every week. So I love the Corby. It's, it's really, they're so awesome. Yeah. I love them too. So you, I love them too. For those of people who can't make it to next week's show, um, your next court case is November 18th. Is that correct? Correct. At 8:30 in the morning, we've asked for continuance. And I assume, I assume you I'm want sorry, as much court support as possible. Yes, please. They've asked for um, the last. Uh, I had court. What was it a week ago? And it was they were asking for a, um, a dismissal. After four and a half years, I can't believe that motion hasn't been filed. Uh, it's been interesting. So is this well, what the hearing is for? I'm, I'm sorry, could you repeat is the that, question? Is that this next hearing is for us to see if it's going to get dismissed? Mm-hmm. That's exactly cool. it. They've okay. actually scheduled it. Um for after the election, which I think is interesting, and a lot of these cases, cases the current um, mm-hmm. uh, situation is they don't want to try them right now or even get in the middle of trying them right now because of the current landscape with the law changing for Alma. And um, next weekend I can talk more about that too, but we're having an uh, Alma debate. So we're going to have people from both sides on the steps of the Capitol here in Sacramento. And that's going to be August 5th. So we're bringing in some pretty interesting speakers. Oh, October 5th. I'm sorry. That's a real wow, hot topic down is, in oh, California, too. Yeah, and it's just a community service event. You know, we're just trying to let people in the community and voters of all kinds understand what this law really is and are we really ready for legalization in California. So we need to understand what that means. Okay. I'm really looking forward right, to hearing well, more about that. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited to hear about it, too. I'm excited, too. So, yeah, well, we'll talk to you next week. And um, thanks, Shelby, for standing up for your for your, your case and fighting it this long and being there to support you. And we can't wait to hear from you. Yeah, and thank you again for Human Solution. Um, Joe Grumbine, Patrice Mahoney, and the Corbys. Lisa Gresham Gordon, Dr. Alice Sue Cologne, um, I could Richard Miller, Kim from uh, Common Roots, uh, uh, Pam Martini. I mean Tula, Sherry Jane. I mean the people that are out there that have been there with me forever, and the people that have even only been able to show up, or the people that gave me the support online. I appreciate all of it. Cool, cool. Well, thank you, Absolutely. thank you, Shelby. And we'll talk to you next week. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. All right, you guys, that was one of our war heroes, uh, Shelby Lucero, uh, who who we've been following through Tom Corby over the last, jeez, couple years, year or so at least. So anyway, check us out next week. We're going to go into more depth about her case, about how it's affected her family and everything we want to know. In fact, if you even have some questions, um, you can call in with some questions. 
Um, so, well, Mindy, um, I'm going to go into closing. Is there anything that you would like to mention before we close besides come to Portland Hemp Stock next weekend and say hi? Oh, how do you know? I was going to say, get to Portland. Come to Hemp Stock. It's going to be awesome. Have decent weather, I think. I mean, you never really know in Portland. Yeah. But, um, and um, yeah, just show up at our so booth and find out how you can help. So, Mindy, last year we gathered a bunch of letters, and I forget which prisoner. It was one of Eugene's friends who got out. Who was it? I forget. It wasn't um, Billy. It Eagle. was Billy Deacle. Billy Deacle, yeah. So I just want everybody to know that at the, at the Portland Hemp Stock last year, um, in fact, we got to figure out what we're going to do. If, can we do the show next week if we're going to do the Portland Hemp Stock? Well, we'll talk about that later. But um, uh, Paul Stanford, who gave us a booth last year at the Portland Hemp Stock, allowed us the opportunity in order to get his um, the people that attend the Portland Hemp Stock uh, to sign the letters that we that we brought out there. And one of the prisoners that we had letters signed for, and we weren't the only group that got signed for this particular prisoner, Billy Deacle. They, they were signed all across the whole nation. But, you know, Portland helped free Billy Deacle. And so we're really glad to be back in Portland so Portland can help free the next prisoner. Our booth because we need you because our prisoners need us so we need you so check us out um, so yeah so Mindy if there's not anything else you want me to go into close now oh and guess yes, what we're gonna play um, a song okay so after I do closing we're gonna play a song from Real One who will be at the Portland Hemp Stock it's my favorite song that he sings it's called Just a Plant so you don't you want you don't want to miss the song. And um, here goes closing. Let me just get to that Google Docs. I do not want to forget anybody. First of all, um, we want to thank everybody for listening, everybody for uh, volunteering to help this, make this possible. Um, we are trying to get the Voices of the Cannabis Wars website up where all the links to our shows will be. But for now, you can Google Voices Val Radio, and you'll find all of our shows there, plus other shows that other people have done on our network. In fact, if, I'm going to mention this again. If you are interested in hosting your own show, whether it's for 30 minutes and you, you know, here and there you want to do interviews with people and you think you're a good interviewer and it has to do with ending prohibition or, and or being a voice for our prisoners, just let us know and we'll consider it. And we're looking for to have some good, some real good content of other people who want to who want to do shows. And again, if if you wanted to, um, we would we would sponsor that. But if you'd like to sponsor us, we definitely need your help. We're looking on a link to our website. We don't need help with a lot of money or nothing. We just need help to get letters printed occasionally, some banners, maybe some business cards, pay for the radio show, and pay pay for their pay for our um, our website. And just, you know, a little bit of funds here and there. Not, we're not looking for hundreds and thousands of dollars or nothing. Um, we would refer you to Stephanie Landa's Freedom Grow if you wanted, wanted to donate more money than that. But um, check us out. <clears throat> and um, how you can just know that you can help in the war right now by, by voting not guilty if you're ever called to jury duty. And by not snitching. If we stop snitching and we stop saying guilty, well, there would be no war. Um, and we wouldn't be tolerated for So, um Everybody do that. And um, so now we're going to go into some rest in pieces. First, I want to start off by saying rest in peace to Gene Hablin. Okay, usually I say, um, I just, and, and we're going to put, put a little focus on this because he was clearly one of our war heroes and he died on Thanksgiving Day. And it's, and it's crazy how many people, how many of our heroes have died on holidays. Um, that's just my own personal. Thing that I that I like that I that I've noticed, but 
I've got a little obituary pulled up for him. Um, Gene E. Hadlin, he was 62, of Adrian, Missouri, passed away on November 27, 2015, at his home in the arms of his wife in 40 years and surrounded by his cremation with memorial service at 3 p.m. Saturday, December 5th at uh, Mullinex Funeral Home in Butler, Missouri. So rest in peace to Gene, who suffered in jail for a plant who had no, who shouldn't have been suffering in jail for a plant. And uh, he left behind clearly a very strong voice of the cannabis war. So um, we thank you, Dolores, for all your contributions. Um, And we love you, Gene, and you'll never be forgotten on the show. Next, I want to say rest in peace to Richard Floor, my father, who died in federal custody, shackled to a bed because he supplied medical cannabis to medical patients that were recommended um, recommended by doctors that they use the medicine that my father was providing for them. But the federal government didn't like it, so they raided him, sent him to prison, didn't give him his meds, tortured him to death, where I had to remove my beloved father off of life support while I was chained to a bed while my mother sat in another federal prison in Arizona um, all alone to my father for 36 years. Rest in peace, Dad. Next, I want to say rest in peace to Gary Shepard and Mary Jane Jones. This couple had a baby by the name of Jake, baby Jake, baby Jake, and um, baby Jake is a great man today, and um, they had a niece named Stacy Tice, and she's a great leader and drives around a big green bus because Mary Jane and Gary were shot down by the federal government over 20 years ago. Gary was shot over 20 times. He passed away instantly. Why? Because of a raid. (laughs) They were protecting their plants. Mary Jane was shot as well, but lived another 20 years. She just passed away this year. So rest in peace to those war heroes that we love so dearly. Also rest in peace to Jack Hare, who taught us about the plant, taught us about how the plant can cure all illnesses, taught us about how the plant can give us oil, paper, food, medicine, yeah. Jack Harris put it all in a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes, so I strongly urge that you get that book and read it from front to back. Also, rest in peace to Peter McWilliams, who was serving time on probation when Peter choked over his vomit and passed away. Well, Peter was a big advocate for our plant. He was using the plant to for his nausea, and he was in prison for growing the plant. He also was a civil rights leader for the Libertarian Party and for gay rights. Rest in Peter, Peter McWilliams, get his books he left, really good books that tell us all about uh, how to live the life without a loved one and how to be a happy person, all kinds of stuff. So check him out. His books actually helped me out a lot too. Next, we're going to say rest in peace to Bill LaMorte. And he passed away on the 4th of July, another holiday uh, for one of our prisoners. He was serving a life sentence, and he was in prison for 20 years, in this 20th year of his sentence. Eugene Fisher, he was close friends with him. He had uh, a, a major heart attack and grabbed his chest in the yard and just died. And, uh, and that's terrible. Nobody should have to die for a plant. That's just, that's just not, not, not acceptable. Next, we want to say rest in peace to Larry Harvey, who passed away in the middle of the war, fighting for his family and our whole country. Uh, he was facing 64 years in prison, and Larry went all the way to D.C. to fight for all of us. Also, rest in peace to Be Young for giving us Adam and for showing us the peace, the peace, and the love in the plant. Also, to Curtis Cecil, 
Curtis's child who passed away because, not because, but while his dad was serving his life sentence, Craig Cecil calls in every morning or every Sunday morning to our show. Rest in peace, Curtis. Also rest in peace to Spencer, Coptus, and Cassie Hyde, two of our little children who were using the plant to treat their brain cancer. When the plant became um, unavailable due to federal and state raids, their parents were unable to have access to the plant, and the children's cancers grew and took over, and they passed away. So rest in peace to our little war heroes, Cassie and Spencer. And also rest in peace to a close friend of mine, Bernardo Fuma Martinez. Fuma was uh, helping us in the war on a worldly level. Also to Elaine Sammons, who was using the plant to treat her illnesses. When the post office intercepted the plant and took it, and then all her illnesses went crazy. She was an ONAP tribal member. Um, So rest in peace to Elaine and also to Oscar, Eugene and George's friends, who they say went to FBI in the sky. And and to Eugene, Eugene Fisher, who... (laughs) was a previous host and guided us through this war. He is like a father and a good friend to me and to Mindy as well. Eugene Fisher spent 25 years of a life sentence. He was NAACP leader while he was in prison. He got in prison. He stood up for himself and others by uh, being part of the Human Solution International. And then he grew away from that and came to the VAL group where he hosted VAL Radio with us. You can hear any of our past shows to find out what a great man. Any show, you will find out what a great man Eugene was to our movement. So please check out Eugene Fisher. And please help us end prohibition today so that all of our prisoners can go home and that nobody has to die in prison for a plant. They can all return to their families and that this war can be over. I want to thank every single person for listening to the show today. And um, thank you and help us in Prohibition and check out this song. It's from Real One. It's called It's Just a Plant. If we grow hemp, we can help save trees. If we grow hemp, we can save economies. If we 
provide what we need. We need to grow hip for humanity. You need to do your research on hip history. 
I must say If you were smart You'd leave me and walk away Oh, babe So now I sit here And I pray It really makes our future Seem so great Got your freedom and a heart that is filled for me, and I will not let them take it away. Well, you say we don't need it. Well, it's easy for them to say. Well, hold me tight, don't let them put me away. Freedom, babe. I told I'd be free and walk away. I lost my freedom, babe. Well, you got your freedom and a heart that is filled for me. And I will not let them take it away. Well, you say we don't need it. Well, that's easy for them to Well, hold me tight, don't let them put me away Freedom, babe Well, you got your freedom And a heart that is still for me And I will not let them take it away Well, you say we don't need it Well, that's easy for them to say Well, hold me tight Don't let them put me away Freedom, babe Alright, that was Carrie Lee Woosley with Freedom And you know what really struck my heart Is when I was listening to the words of that song I was thinking to myself, like, it's 2016, and we don't have freedom on earth. I mean, this is a whole world, a whole whole world with people on it. And after we've been keeping track of time for 2016 years at least, and we still have people who are enslaved and incarcerated and their freedom taken, and they never hurt people. Like, I, I just... To wrap your your my little tiny mind around the whole entire world, it just makes me want to hug it and like maybe give it. Okay, I'm not I'm not that good, but I just wish I could do stuff like that. Okay, so the next song is called Carrie Lee Woosley, These Walls Around Me. Now, when you listen to the words of this song, please let it mean something to you, because it came from a plant prisoner. I've got these walls around me, so tell 
All right, you guys, that was Carrie Lee Woosley, These Walls Around Me. And that's going to be the last song I play. This is what I was thinking about when I was listening to the song. Um, and it's tough because I was thinking, okay, these walls around me, like they're in prison and they're behind bars. So they're like blocked off from the whole entire world. So is what I'm thinking is like when you get there, then what? You're literally subject to their mercy, what they feed you how they give you your medical, everything depends on not yourself anymore, but the prison, okay? And from what I've seen, that's, that's not something we, we can depend on. So sometimes when you find yourself in jail, and I, and I don't know by experience, but I, I do know, I do know you're going to go to jail, and you're either you're going to make it out alive or you're not going to make it out at all, okay? So... Take your freedom from you, as he said in his first song, and then you're sitting there with all these these walls around you, as he said in the second song. And then what? There are all these people out there in the real world that have freedom. So what I got to say is is that when we're not in jail, we need to excuse me use our freedom very wisely because there's people that don't have it. So when I mean mean, mean use your freedom wisely, it's 2016. Use your freedom to free others because if we don't do it your freedom could be gone someday and if you wind up in jail there is a chance you're not going to make it out alive so come on let's let's come together let's end the war because you know some people don't come out and um, some people come out with a whole bunch of wasted time and it's not acceptable 2016 thank you for listening to the voices of the cannabis wars radio show the news right from the front lines i hope you tune in next week have a wonderful sunday and help us in prohibition.